Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today's message, if you're taking down notes, it's called A Good Life. A Good Life. And otherwise, if you're having a bit more fun with your notes, you can also put down lessons from The Greatest Showman. Uh, and uh, in all life, uh, as we mentioned earlier, there's only one life, and it's important for us to live it well. Uh, but more than anything, uh, we want you as a church, it's not only the hope of this church, but also uh, God's heart, that we all live a good life. However, the definition of a good life uh, is where, uh, you know, we get into trouble sometimes. When I ask you, and if I were to ask you, you know, and, and I won't do this, but if I were to just do an open mic right now and go like, you know, what's your definition of good life? You know, we'll possibly get a lot of different response and a lot of different definitions. Uh, and I know definitely one of it, uh, that a lot of us, we, we, we want in a good life, we want success. And there's nothing wrong with success. Uh, and we want, you know, uh, provision. Or if you're more straightforward, you want the money. You know, you want, uh, you know, to be financially stable. And you have to, be, to be financially stable equals a good life. And you're also not wrong. But I want you to know that a good life is so much more than that. Yes, we want you to be successful. Yes, we want you to be financially, you know, stable and even independent one day. Uh, but a true good life is life with God. Because the Bible says that only God is good. So if you want a good life, it's not just having success and blessing, but it's having life with God, doing life with God. You know, I wrote here that a good life is not defined by riches and success, but by the love we give and the love we receive. Amen? How many know that money can buy you a lot of things, you know? Uh, It can, in a way, buy you health. It can afford the best doctors, etc. It can buy you rest, you know, pay for expensive holidays. Iceland, for example, very expensive holiday. Uh, and, you know, you know, a lot of things money can buy you, but money cannot buy. I know this sounds cheesy, but it's true, love. Money cannot buy love. Amen? And so, you know, what more the love of God? But the good news is this, the love of God comes freely from heaven itself. And so today, before we go into even the first clip, I want to tell us to turn to the first scripture, John chapter 10, verse 10. John 10, 10, and it will help XTV, we'll flash it up. But before we read it and unpack this very loaded, very simple but loaded verse, uh, please allow me to pray. Amen. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. It is alive. It is powerful. And right now, as we're about to dive into it, we invite your word. God, we want you to speak to us right now through your word. May every letter, every verse, everything we read today jump out of the Bibles we're holding, jump out of the devices we're holding, and let it leap into our hearts. Come and transform us from the inside out, God, so that we become more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, talking about good life, we can't help but go to this scripture. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this, No, Jesus is speaking. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they have it more abundantly. Some translations say you may have life and life to the full. So, God wants us to have a good life. But God wants us to also have a good life that's full of life. 
Because, you know, sometimes we go like, yeah, I want God, but I want God in the area of my spiritual life. But God is saying, no, I'm coming to give you the full life. And because only I am good, and I want you to have a good full life, I want you to learn to include me into every area of your life. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to begin to unpack this very simple on the surface scripture and uh, really get into, I know, tapping into the good life that God has in store. How do we access the good life that God wants to give us, the life and life to the full? You know, how do we enjoy it? How many know that God wants us to enjoy life? Amen? Especially life with Him. And so I've got three points for you. And it ties in to another aspect of God's nature. God is not only good, but the Bible also says that God is love. And so when you begin to unravel it even more, Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. He came to give you a good life, which means a life that includes Him. He comes to give you life and life to the full, giving you a full life that has things that money cannot buy. What can money not buy? Love. What's the perfect love that we all know? The love of God. And what is the love of God? God is that love. And so we want to learn to combine both elements, the love of God and the full life that God wants us to live. What does it mean to live a full life? How do I tap into the full life that God wants to give me? And what role does God's love or God's characteristic has to play in it? I've got three points for you. To have the good life that God has in store for you, point number one, allow God's love to revive you. Amen? For that, let's fix our eyes on the screen. And uh, today, since we're learning from Greatest Showman, feel free to sing along. How many of you have watched it? How many have not watched it? How many of you don't feel anything for musicals? Okay, don't worry. You know, I've actually found a clip that actually has subtitles. And so even if you are, don't feel the music, don't feel the singing, you can feel the words as they are, you know, flash up on screen for you. But let's fix our eyes on the screen and let's watch the first clip and I'll be back to elaborate that point. Amen. Praise God. All right. Allow the love of God to revive you. In other words, come alive. And this is not just us kind of like, you know, being taken by the music, even though how many of you felt like dancing earlier on? Come on, don't, don't, don't be shy. I mean, even though I can't dance. But, but this echoes the, the Word of God. You know, I, I love the, the starting when the ringleader played by Hugh Jackman, a man in a way who was also, you know, in the story, searching, searching for that good life, thinking that money, thinking that success, and then we follow him on this journey. But he's there calling out to the crowds, come on, don't be a zombie walking in a maze. Why don't you come alive? Why don't you allow something larger than your life to take over you? Why don't you come alive? But how many know that that's not just the invitation of the ringleader, that's the invitation of Jesus himself. You know, let's, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5. And ever since I watched this musical, I can't help but, you know, imagine, wow, you know, maybe, you know, the Word of God is not so boring. It says here, but God who is rich in mercy because of His great love, which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. 
And I'm thinking like, as Paul wrote this, it's probably like, come alive, come alive. It's like, come on, you know, God, you know, you don't have to live like a zombie. You don't have to live like how the world tells you. Let the love of God, let the grace of God, let it bring you to life. Let it revive you, amen, together with Christ because it is by grace you have been saved. So how do we access the good life? The first thing is we got to move beyond invitation. John 10.10 is an invitation. I've come to give you life and life to the full. How do you access that? You know, by beginning to activate that invitation, by being saying yes to the invitation, by coming alive. A lot of us, we know that Jesus comes to give life and life to the full, but yet there's no transformation in our lives. You know, you can, you can listen, but until you apply it, there's no power in that knowledge. You know, all of you who go to university, you understand this. You can go to a lecture, you can have the best lecture, but if you only listen and not apply what is being taught, there's no power in that lecture. Similarly, there's no power in that scripture. And here we are, we'll just be Christians that wish, oh God, I wish that I can have life and life to the full. But how come I say, declare this, you know, compared to my friends, my life is not so full. But as you begin to live this out, it begins to say that, you know what, I, I, I believe, you know, that God wants to give me life and life to the full. And so I'm going to act upon it. I'm going to allow God's love to transform me. I'm going to make daily decisions based on God's love. A lot of us are afraid to trust God. Not realizing that when we trust God, we have access to life and life to the full. And the reason why we're afraid to trust God is because we still have this question, is God really that good? Is God really that kind? And that's where we need to allow the Word of God to come alive in our hearts and allow the goodness of God. Let's flash that scripture up again. We are God who is rich in mercy. Don't let your, your situation and your circumstances dictate whether God is real or not. No, no, but allow the truth that God is rich in mercy because He has great love for us and allow that truth to, to, to let it revive us and let it come alive. And like the song says, before long, you'll be walking with dreaming with your eyes wide open. You know, I am walking living testimony of that. You know, just the other day, I was fellowshipping with some church people and uh, I, I, said, I shared this, I said, you know what, there are days where I have to pinch myself that I'm so blessed that I'm able to live in London, a city that people dream of visiting one day. Amen? How many of you have got friends who tell you, oh, I wish I can go to London one day. People pay a lot to go to London one day. And yet God has given all of us the blessing of living in London every day. And, and, and that's what it means by to dream with our eyes wide open. And I was like, God, wow, I'm, I'm here. And then I remember I'm here not because of my own merit. I'm here because of the love of God. My visa was approved, you know, all three years ago. The work visa that, that led me and Pastor Kat to be here was approved not because I'm a great pastor, not because we are a great church, not because we got a lot of money, but because God is good and God is love. And He loved us enough to give us this opportunity. I have the great privilege of leading an amazing church here in London, Bristol, Edinburgh. And just yesterday in Bristol, we had the great privilege of baptizing three people. And I'm, I'm looking at them like, 
Why, why me? It's not because of I'm a big shot, but it's God's love. When me and Pastor Cat got married in 2012, London wasn't in the plans. Marriage was in the plans. You know, doing up the guest bedroom was in the plans. You know, maybe eventually turning that guest bedroom into, uh, uh, you know, room for a child was in the plan. But then God interrupted that plan and gave us a full life. And that plan was dropped to us. God could have used anyone. But God decided to drop, hey, would you and Kat give this amount of time, you know, from this year to this year to me to serve my church in London? When at that time, the church in London was, you know, just started with one person having the idea, maybe we should meet here. And then we say yes to that. But it's, it's, the power is not in our yes. The full life didn't come in our yes. The full life came because of God's love. And us allowing God's love to come in and in again and in again. You know, Pastor Kat got her a job and working as a lawyer again, dreaming with her eyes wide open because a lot of her friends were looking at her and going like, wow, you get to not only practice law in Malaysia and, and for those of you who are new, you know, Pastor Kat is a very qualified lawyer in Malaysia. Now she's a qualified lawyer in London. Woo! But what, what was it? Was it her, her smooth interview skills? Pastor Kat would say no. Was it her uh, amazing CV? I would say yes, but she would say no. And we will all agree that it's really the love of God. Because God so loved that He gave. And God so loved. And, and, and the more we, we, we give in to the love of God, it's not just the more we feel love, but the more we come alive. You know, we might be living a busy life, but, but just yesterday I was having a very surreal moment. I haven't even tell Pastor Kat. She's hearing this for the first time. And we were, just came back from Bristol took a night train back in. Long day. Funny story for another message another day. But we were there at oh no, close to 11pm, walking, holding a hand, walking in Paddington, walking past Paddington Bear. And I'm like, this is so surreal. I got to pinch myself. I get to do ministry in one of the greatest cities in the world. I get to do ministry with the woman I love. And when I first started, you know, ministry wasn't even in the plan. But then God knew what was good for us. And out of His great love, blessed us with what was truly good for us. And not only that, we just came from a service of powerful testimony and baptizing three people, knowing that this weekend might have been busy, but we were busy making a difference. A full life. Some of my friends are living a good life, but not a full life. Recently, they got so depressed because their favourite TV show had the worst ending ever. <laughs> and I'm looking at them and going, like, what's wrong with you? Oh, I've got nothing to look forward anymore. Nothing to look forward anymore? What kind of sad life are you living? And that's when I go like, wow, praise God, I don't live that kind of life. No judgment, no condemnation. But the, the, the love of God has made me come alive, has made me step into a, a whole new world where dreams are made of where I'm making a difference, where I'm impacting people. Amen? And I pray the same for you, friends. But we can, we can read Scripture and go like, okay, Jesus came to give life and life to the full, or let the reality that God loves me kick in. And He loves us too much to allow us to live a boring life. And if you give in to God's love, oh, but trusting God is so scary, rest on this fact, God is love. And God is rich in mercy. 
He's got mercy every day. I'm not good enough. I've got mercy to, to, to waste, even though God doesn't waste anything. But God is, you know, we all love doing the sign, no, make it rain. God's doing making it rain, but with His mercy. And God is saying, what, what are my people waiting for? Why are they walking around like zombies? I know I, I want them to live the full life if they only know that I'm rich in love and rich in mercy. So friends, point number one, allow God's love, not the things of this world, to come alive in your heart. And when God's love becomes front and center, man, you start making decisions, you know, even, even though they can be scary for a while, but they will lead to the full life. And I'm not saying that all of you have to, you know, serve God full-time, even though there's nothing wrong, you know, with serving God full-time. And I pray that a lot of you, God will call you, respond to God's call to, to honor Him and to serve Him. You know, but you know, when you have the love of God in your life, man, it, it allows you to live a full life, even if you're just a doctor. I know, just a doctor sounds like, whoa, whoa. You're just an accountant. You're just an engineer. But when you live, allow the love of God to come in, your engineer makes a difference. You're a doctor who goes for medical missions. Amen? No, you are, you are a, a, a housewife that, that also teaches people, you know, uh, uh, you know, how to read and write on weekends. You know, when you begin to allow the love of God, that, wow, God, you love me. And this love is too good to stay in me. I need to step out. I need to allow this, this love to become the rock, this foundation. We begin to live the right life that God wants us to live. Amen? Point number two. How do we access the, the, the full life, the full good life that God has in store for, oh, for us? Allow the love of God to come inside. Point number one, allow the love of God to make you come alive or to revive you. Point number two, allow the love of God to come inside you. Amen? Let's watch this clip and then I'll be back. Nice. Amen. Allow the love of God to come inside you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. One of the greatest joys in life, and definitely this is part of the full life that God has in store for us, is to be used by God as His hands and His feet. Specifically, to be used by God as an instrument of His great love to the world around us. One of the simple things in life uh, I like to do is I like to feed people. I like to cook. I like to feed people. And uh, in a way, I'm doing it right now. I'm cooking spiritual food and feeding. Uh, but the, the men in church, we, every two weeks, we, we, we have the great opportunity uh, to also cook some food, pack them up, and hit the streets and to give them out to the poor and homeless. Uh, and, you know, we, we do it with... No expectation in return. We're not doing it to, you know, uh, uh, try to manipulate them or try to say that, oh, I'm going to give you this food, but before you eat this food, you got to accept Jesus. No. We're just there to love. And we're able to do it. And, and the price is paid. People had to cook. People had to shop. And these are guys, you know. Most of them don't even know how to hold a knife. And, uh, but but they, will, they will learn to cook. They will learn, you know, some of them even, you know, cut themselves uh, uh, in, in cooking to, so that they can serve somebody else. But the only reason they're able to do this and they'll be able to love other people 
with no expectation in return. You know, sometimes, you know, they even went out and once, you know, or there was even a guy who was scolded uh, because, you know, they, they wanted to be kind and wanted to put something near where the homeless person was sleeping and, and, and decided to open up the homeless person's kind of like his sleeping bag and uh, the guy who was not there came running from the corner and screaming and going, don't touch my stuff. But we do it, rain or shine, we do it because we have allowed God's love to come in. The Bible says to love God with your all and to love your neighbour as yourself. A lot of us find it hard to love our neighbour because we don't love ourselves. Because we haven't allowed God's love to come into our heart and we begin to love ourselves as how God loves us. In the clip that we just watched, it had that big anthem of the movie. Uh, the, the, you know, if I pardon the, 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 the use of this phrase, but, you know, the so-called uh, a sideshow uh, freaks, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, no people with the abnormalities, uh, you know, they discovered that, you know what, I, I've got nothing to be ashamed of. This is who I am. This is me. And out of that, they find courage. But similarly, as Christians, we are able to look at our scars, look at our bruises, but not find courage in them because of who we are, because our scars and our shame have nothing to be proud of. No, unlike the, the people who look odd, but they have great singing ability. And if I could sing like them, I, I wouldn't mind being a bearded lady. In fact, bearded lady would be good for marketing publicity, which is exactly what the point of the movie was. But, you know, I realized that, you know what, we, we can't be brave. I, I can't love another person because... I, I love myself and therefore I know how to love another person. You know, when a man go out cooking and serving the community, you know, so much love. We don't just buy cheap food, you know. We don't go into the, the, the discount section in every store, you know, expiring soon. You know, expiring today, 99p, used to be $9, now no less than a pound. Oh, let's get that and let's feed the poor. No, they cook almost gourmet level. In fact, one of them is actually, you know, trained in the culinary arts and, 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 and you know, brines the chicken 24 hours before even cooking it. I'm like, wow. You know, some of these people don't even know what's, what kind of love is hitting them. But the reason why we can be so sacrificial is because we, we would do it for ourselves. We, we can sacrifice for other people because we will sacrifice for ourselves. We can sacrifice for ourselves because we know that God first sacrificed for us. And that's what it means by to be a new creation, to totally transform. No longer looking at ourselves based on the mirrors of our past, but, but understanding that, you know what? I know I, 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 I can live a full life because part of living a full life is making a difference. You know, if I ask you today, what would you like to be on your tombstone? Okay, go back, think about it. But can I tell you, I've thought about it for a very long time. You know, ever since I was a, a student, I thought about it because one Sunday I went to church and the pastor asked, asked us this question and I went back to think about it. And so maybe in a few years' time you get the answer. But I came and I go like, you know what? You know what do I want? Maybe young, you know, this, that. I realized that, you know what? If I could only have this on my tombstone, I'll be happy. David Yao, he made a difference. It's not David Yao, he was on earth and he consumed, consumed, consumed. David Yao didn't recycle. <laughs> David Yao, he made a difference. Doesn't matter whether big or small, as long as I made a difference in someone's life, as long as I made a difference in someone's perception of God, I just want to make a difference. And that is one of the greatest joys in life. But how do we make a difference? How do we you know, say yes to being used 
by God as His instruments, His hands, His feet, His, His love agents. When we allow God's love to come inside us and we begin to love ourselves with how God loves us. I'm not saying that, oh, love yourself, therefore, oh, pastor, I know where I'm going for lunch later. I'm going to Nobu because I got to love myself. And I'm going to a three Michelin star restaurant because I got to love. No, no, love yourself with the love of God. Begin to look at yourself and go like, you know what? I am worthy of God's love. A testimony that came out yesterday, one of the girls that was baptized says that ever since Jesus came into her life, she was able to love herself. Because she said that compared to my sisters, I think they're so beautiful. And I never measure up to that. In fact, her words, they look like a model. I look like a potato. But she was even able to say that because what? Not out of sarcasm. Not out of, you know, fakeness. Because God's love has come inside her. And therefore, something that used to be painful to say. Before Jesus, I doubt our sister in Bristol was able to say, and I look like a potato. Well, she was able to say, but not in a joking way. She probably say in tears, behind closed doors, in her room, crying herself to sleep. But now she's able to stand in the crowd and go like, yeah, before Jesus, I look at my sister, she's a supermodel, I'm a potato. But because of Jesus, I'm able to love myself. Because of Jesus, I'm able to accept that He thinks I'm beautiful. He thinks I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. And I pray that to be the same for all of us here. A lot of us here, your walk with God is stuck because you haven't allowed the love of God to come in. Can you be, number one, before thinking of how to to express the love of God and to share God's message of His love and reconciliation and salvation to the people around us, would you first listen to that message yourself first? Would you first allow that message to come alive in your heart first? Would you first allow God's love to come in you? Amen? And as you begin to know how to love yourself, the love of God, you're able to love other people because the commandment says that, love your neighbour as yourself. Amen? So that's the key. Second key to a good life. Amen? Number one, begin to make, you know, the love of God, that, that foundation. Define every decision. I'm going to let it come alive. I'm going to say yes to God. I'm going to trust Him. I can trust Him. And you know, God, when I trust God, my life becomes full and I can trust God because God is love. And, I, and a full life is to serve God and to serve my community and to make a difference. And I can love the people around me even though I don't expect anything back, even though I sacrifice a lot, you know, out of my own pocket because God first loved me. And I accept that love. If God can love me, someone like me, imperfect like me, make me a new creation in Him, then I can love everyone because these people are, 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 were like me and, and, and eventually they will become the now me. Do you understand? Amen? And so point number three is this. How do you enjoy, how do you tap into the full life that God has in store, the good life? Allow God's love to come around you. Let's watch this last clip and then I'll come back. So we follow the story of the greatest showman, a man in pursuit of a good life. Coming from a poor background, he fell in love with a rich man's daughter. He wanted a good life for his wife and his kids. He tried and tried and tried and he thought that, you know what? I know I, I got a flair for show business, but I can't sign big talent, so why don't I 
sign the oddities up and charge people money. And so he thought that money would give him the good life. And along the way, he lost himself and, you know, without spoiling the movie, he came to a point where he lost everything and to realize the very people that he thought were a stepping stone to get him to the good life was the good life that he was looking for. Family was the good life that he was looking for. And these people that he treated as objects, you know, to showcase, to charge people money to see, realize that they loved him back and they were they actually saw him as part of their family and thanked him for even creating a circus so that they can have a family. How do you allow God's love to come around you and to surround you when you begin to say yes to God's community? You see, God doesn't just work, you know, from heaven us, heaven us. Sometimes God uses us that we mentioned earlier, to impact the world around us. And God also uses very powerfully His church as an instrument of His love. Let's turn to some scripture and I'll help you understand. John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. Are you okay with just one last lap of the scripture? Amen. John 13, 34 to 35 says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you and that you also love one another. You, you know it's important when Jesus repeats Himself. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This command is not given to the world at large. This command was given to people who believe in Jesus. And God expects the people who know Him to love each other. And one of the ways in which the gospel can be preached is when the church begins to rise up and play its role to love one another. You know, many times we, we, when we think of you know, living a good life and wanting God's blessing, we just keep thinking, oh God, just give it to me. God, give it to me. But God actually wants to give it to us by getting us involved with people who love Him. And many times, you know, as Christians, we fail because we look down at the church. We can even say things like, you know, I love Jesus, but I don't think I need the church. I think church is optional. Friends, I'm here to tell you, church is not optional. No, doing life together as a church is part of God's command. But secondly, God describes the church as His bride. So can you imagine when you say to God, God bless me, God, you know, I, I love you, you're so kind, but you know, your church, huh? Not nice. It's like you coming up and saying, Pastor Dave, you're so kind. But Pastor Cat, huh? She's crazy. You know, Pastor Dave, I love you, but I can't stand Pastor Cat. You know, those of you who are dating, can you imagine? Someone goes up to you and goes like, oh, you're so amazing. But your boyfriend is a... <laughs> your girlfriend's a pig. You know, you know what I'm saying? You would be like, excuse me. No. And, and, and if you know, if you, you, had, you have white gloves, you'll take it out as a guy, you slap the guy across. I challenge you to a duel to the death, you know. No, because it doesn't work. In, in the same, but, but, but we do that to God. We say, God, I love you, but I can't stand your church. God, I love you, but I don't really care much for your church. God, I love you, but I think your church is optional. You're saying, God, I love you, but your bride is extra. God, I love you, but can we spend time without your bride there? And God is saying there, what on earth are you talking about? If you love me, you love my bride. 
And my bride is not just there to please me. My bride is for us to be a part of. Jesus calls the church a bride of Christ. Are you allowing the love of God to surround you? Do you know what we have here is supernatural? I know, you know, it's a hotel, it's physical. No, but, but think about it, think about it. Why would people ask your pastor in advance, what's the theme for next week's message, so that we can bake in accordance to that theme, so that we can serve people that we don't know something delicious on that day. No one in this world will do it for you. Your mom might not even do it for you. But church does it for you. That's something supernatural. Do you know today in a change of location, we have one usher stand at friend's house. I won't reveal who he is, but the usher's a big deal. Did his PhD and all that. Which organization will have someone stand out? And today we have the sun, so I can say this, stand out in the sun. <laughs> so that people who didn't get the info can still find church. We don't pay our ashes. It's supernatural. The worship team serves every week, giving their best. Supernatural. Some of us in church who serve step up last minute because someone who was supposed to serve couldn't make it. And then somebody says, I'll step up. That doesn't happen in real life. When you go out to work and you miss your deadline, does your colleague step up and help you finish the work? They kick you down and take your place. When you do a group assignment, I know this is kind of like we talked about being a good team last week, but you know, do a group assignment and you don't deliver your part, it's rare that your team leader is so gracious to go, it's okay, it's okay, I understand. I understand. And yet, this is what we're surrounded by, friends. We're surrounded not just by kind people. We're surrounded not just by ushers. We're not surrounded by musicians. We're not just surrounded by church members. We're surrounded by the love of God. Every single church member, every single person who contributes, do you see how the sequence, when you allow God's love to make you come alive and that, that love comes inside, you love yourself, the love of God, you're able to love other people. And when you love other people, you become an instrument of God's love to surround people who are broken. A lot of people have come up and one of the greatest joy, both me and Pastor Kat, get to hear is when people say that, you know, I was so broken until I found church. And we are excited not because it's our church. A little bit. I'll be honest, a little bit, a little bit. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm making a difference. Yes. But I'm also going like, wow. Not only are we making a difference, God, we're creating the type of church that, that represents your love. People say, I step into that church, I feel God's love. The kindness, the warmth overwhelms, they say. But that's God's love because He overwhelms, reduces us to tears, gives us kindness that we don't think we deserve. And so how do we ex experience the good life? Get yourself rooted as part of God's community. 
I make no apologies. You might be thinking he's the pastor. Of course, he's going to hard sell because he wants the church attendance to go up. No, no, I, I, I want church to grow, not so that we can shout that we have a big church. I want church to grow so that more people can experience the love of God. I want church to grow so that more people can be an extension of God's love. My hope and my desire is for your time here in the UK not just to be self-serving, but to serve others. And for you to, to make a difference in someone's life. To say that, wow, I remember my first day. I step in and, and you were the one who talked to me and you were the one who welcomed me. And, but when you begin to say yes to God's community, when you begin to allow God's love to surround you, after a while you become part of that. And then we begin to surround more people and more people and more people. Doing life with church as an anchor is a key component to the good life. I was just having this conversation with, with Pastor Kat and because some of our friends don't know Jesus yet and we pray for them often. But we can't help but, but feel sad when people live life aimless, tossed through and fro in this ocean called life, allowing the latest fads and fashion and trends to be like the wind that blows them to the north, south, east and west. But when you have God's community as your anchor, for example, the students, if you have God's community as your anchor, you know what God's plan for you after graduation is. If I stay, I want to stay near where the community is. So it limits your options. You don't have to worry, oh, should I work in there, this, 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 but that pay is better? No, no. Because I want to be surrounded by God's love, I want to be part of God's community, I'm going to look at where God's community is at and those are the places I'm going to look for. And then immediately your life has stability and access to the good life. Or, if there's no options for me here, I'm going to go home to be part of God's community, my home church, back where I came from. When you are anchored in God's love and surrounded by God's love and anchored in God's community, you have purpose for every day. It's not just students' endless sleep cycle. What do you do? Sleep. What do you do before that? Sleep. So you slept and you woke up and you slept again. Yeah, tired. I, I got tired sleeping, so I slept again. <laughs> what kind of life is that? I mean, it sounds fun, but that's... But when you allow God's love to surround you, you start making a difference. You start rising up. And people who didn't know they could bake discover, wow, I got hidden gifts and talents. A lot of people who serve on the worship team, on, on the sound team, just using the sound team as an example, we love you, sound team. But a lot of them, when they first started serving, they say, I, I know nothing. But I just want to serve. I just know how to plug in stuff, so I'll just plug in stuff. But now, you know, Suiki, one of the girls who serve, man, every time I see her, you know, on Sunday, she, she, she looks more and more pro. She plugs it all in, and after a while, she stands in front. She says, what's the way of standing? And she's like... <laughs> and then she, then she goes to the back of the hall. And stands in the position and goes like, yeah, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> and, and, and this is a person who months ago, no formal training, uh, I just, I just plug money, I just plug. <laughs> now it's like, oh, Pastor, the echo, and I think we can, you know, reduce the reverb. And using words that sounds like tongues to me, reverb and, you know, best and treble and all these kind of things. Why? Because when you begin to allow God's love to surround you, you become part of God's community, 
you anchor in, you grow. Your life doesn't just become an endless, boring routine. Your life is filled with excitement and you begin to discover gifts and talents that you never had access before. You begin to make a difference. This church, if you were not here last week, just a quick update. Over the 21 days of prayer and fasting leading up to Easter, all together at Church UK, London and Bristol, we collected uh, no, more than 4,000. 4,300 pounds. And out of that 4,300 pounds is being used to make a difference. And, and recently back home, Pastor Sandra, who deals with our international mission, says this, you know, oh, wow, thanks for raising this fund. Uh, uh, we, we just used this fund to train 40 pastors in Indonesia. Can you imagine if you just live the same old, same old life, but when you allow God's love to surround you and you begin to be part of the community, loved by the community, then later part of the community, and then rising up to do what the community does, now you're able to graduate and say that, you know what, I might have never been to Indonesia, but I know that I've sown into Indonesia. I've made a difference in Indonesia. I've made a difference in the lives of 40 pastors in Indonesia. Have I been there? No. But because I allow God's love to surround me, I'm able to love other people and I'm able to give. And Pastor Sandra says that, you know, well, is it okay if we use some of this amount of money to invest into the planting of X Church Osaka? How many of you want to go to Japan? No, I'm not saying for, for okay, I know nobody wants to raise their hand because, okay, uh, how many wants to go to Japan as a tourist? As a tourist, okay. Wow, a lot of hands, praise God. All of them were waiting, they were like, oh. <laughs> Pastor, if you say the missionary word, I'll be like, hmm. But even if we've never been there, I haven't been there, I know that I've already made a difference. And now when I go to Japan now, and you see, now even when I'm anchored in, 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 in the community of God, when I'm surrounded by God's love, His love through His people, even the next trip to Japan has a purpose. I'm not just there to eat ramen anymore. <laughs> even though I want to, I'm there to eat ramen and also check out my investment the seed we planted as a church called X Osaka. That's the full life, friends. That's the full life. A vacation with a purpose. Job with a purpose. Sunday with a purpose. Busyness, but with a purpose. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you that from your word, we're able to uncover the life that you want us to live. Many times, God, when we read, you come to give us life and life to the full, we just think, oh, what a nice thought. We think it's a blessing, but no, it's an invitation. It's an invitation to come on an adventure with you. To live the full life that only you can give. That the world cannot give. That ourselves cannot give for ourselves. That only you can give. And it's beyond just successful. It's just beyond riches. It's beyond safe. It's life with you. And God, I pray that we would, first of all, allow that revelation to transform our lives, to revive us, God. Help us not just to look at your promises as, oh, that would make a nice bookmark. But Lord, help us to be revived. Help those words to come alive. Come alive come alive in our hearts and let the motivation of that coming alive be your love. Oh God, 
you so love me, how can I allow your word to just be word? God, you love, you love me so much that your word needs to become action in my life. A full life is a life where we're able to love the people around us with an unselfish love. But that starts when we begin to love ourselves with an unselfish love. And that starts when we begin to love ourselves with the love of God, allowing the truth that we are loved and forgiven by God to set in. And last but not least, a, a full life is a life lived surrounded by God's love and surrounding people with God's love. Lord, we thank you. And forgive us, Lord, for the times where we took church for granted. But Lord, from this moment onwards, God, we want to honour you and honour the church because that is your bride and that is our part to play. So Lord, help us to love your church. And as the word says, as we love one another, the world will know that we belong to you. Could it be that for some of us, the very friends that we're trying to reach with the gospel are not convinced because they see the inconsistencies of our Sundays. How could they leave all that they have and follow this Jesus when we don't even take this Jesus seriously? We don't even take our weekly encounter with Jesus seriously. And more than that, friends, I want you to know that church is also family. It's not just four songs and a sermon. It's about doing life together as a community, being surrounded by people who have been loved by God, being surrounded by God's love through them, and then us in turn, surrounding newer people with God's love. It's not just about attending, it's about getting involved. And may we allow God's love to surround us so that we can get involved in loving other people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.